Okay, so chapter 15. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak not and not to please ourselves. What does that mean? I feel like going verse by verse in this mm-hmm, chapter. Mm-hmm. Well, it almost seems like, like not putting ourselves above each other. Like, let's stay on the same plane and encouraging each other. And, and maybe, maybe Paul didn't mean that in translation of this text to put up with, you know, to put up with is really not love. I'm tolerating you. Oh, yeah, no. And, I and I, so he's trying to qualify. Maybe he didn't have a word that would adequately express what he wanted. And so he's to qualify and not to please ourselves. So don't just put it up, up with it to, As a so that we can to tolerate it so we don't have to argue about it or whatever. <clears throat> but no, and, and verse 2, I think, helps to explain that. Each of us must please our neighbor for the good, good purpose of building up the neighbor. Mm-hmm. We're to do this for the neighbor's sake, not for our sake. Which is very foreign to us. Because yes. we want to, we we want to see our. Own, we want to either be right or have our own benefit or get something out of it. All of that, and here it's all about other, other focused. Yeah. Which Jesus tried to teach us <laughs> while he was. That's here. right. <laughs> so, verse three, you want to read? For even Christ did not please himself, but but as it is written. The reproaches of those who reproached thee fell upon me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's think, awesome. think about what a church would be like mm. if we all lived by that. Yes. We, our only purpose was to build up one another, to, to uh, please God. one another. And glorify um, God. Can you imagine? Mm. I, mean, I can't imagine it because our church is so opposite to that. Yes. We are so opposite to that. Well, it goes back also, I think, to this whole idea of organized religion in church. Um, That is counter this itself. Anything organized is counter to a certain extent as far as the way we do it in this world. Yeah. Um, We, We tend to want ways to control and, and once well, you we organize, call it organization, and, 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 and it's needed in this world. It is, but you know, even but, even when the church was finally organized, and, and it was not organized without some people saying, "Look, now you're doing Babylon because mm-hmm. you're you're uh, doing all the structure business and and so on." It's it isn't because of it, what it is is that the. Organization was there only to provide sustenance for the work. It was not mm-hmm. meant to be a machinery in order mm-hmm. to control, mm-hmm. but it quickly fell into that. Yeah. So you have Ellen White trying to deal with this person who was out of line and this person that was out of line because they were trying to control. 
mm-hmm. their brothers and sisters instead of ministering to and right. serving and pleasing one another. And there was a, a conference president of the California conference, as it was called, and, and he was so dictatorial. Hmm. The Ellen White told him he should step down. Oh, really? And did he? And finally, at one camp meeting, they fired him. Mm. As I recall, they fired him. Hmm. It's in that volume, that oh, really? series of volumes <laughs> on Ellen White's life. Uh, and I can't remember if they replaced him. Mm. But of course, you know about the 1901 general conference session. Uh, when uh, um, Ellen called for complete renovation of the church structure. They had only the general conference and conferences. There was no union conference. And and she called for for renovation, and what she meant by that apparently was union conferences because they had started union conferences in Australia. Initially it was in in South Africa that they started a union conference because they couldn't get word from headquarters in a timely matter, mm-hmm. and they were always telling them, no, you can't have money to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and so they they uh, they developed a union conference, which allowed them to keep some of the money, the tithe mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. to do their own right. evangelism and stuff. And the rest, they, they set up the ladder. And then in Australia, one of the ministers there, Decided that they should have a union union conference president a union conference, and Willie was against it. Willie White, um, but he was away, and they went ahead and did it. Mm. They legally set it up, they everything, mm. and he came back. I guess he was kind of mumjawed that they had done this, and they went ahead. And of course, there were there were great predictions made that this was going to be have dire results for the church because they weren't going to. They were going to just kind of sever off and splinter into their own group. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, they still supported the world church. They still uh, set most of the tithe up. And so that's when they come to 1901. Illinois has just mm-hmm. returned from Australia. And she calls for this renovation. And they decide to have union conferences. And they decide not to have a general conference president. Hmm. And for two years, as I recall... There was no general conference president. They had a committee, a small committee that made decisions. And the chair was supposed to rotate. Mm -hmm. Well, one year the chair was trying to write letters to, official letters on behalf of the church to different entities, and he thought it was inappropriate to just put his name he had to have some title. Oh, how interesting. And so he put president, came president of the World Church. Oh, my goodness. And that's how we got a general conference president again. He Are self-asserted serious? it. That's my understanding of the story. How interesting is that? Hmm. So this is, we're so far removed from uh-huh. this now, and especially what is happening around uh, now. Right. Uh, this is just like, how do we do this? Right. I don't think we can do it without a severe humbling in the church. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be Mm -hmm. a welcoming church? Mm -hmm. 
For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles, sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul tends to hit a button and it lights up his brain and he starts going in a different channel because that reminds him of this and this and this mm. and this. So it's, it's a little hard to make coherence out of what Paul says. I think he's trying to imply, he's implying more than he's saying, that Jesus became the servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth about God in order he, that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. So that's why circumcision was retained. But it's so the Gentiles can rejoice that they can be included without being circumcised. I think that's what he's implying here. It's the only way I can make sense of it. Well, going back to the unity, right? Yeah. And under God. So the weak person <clears throat> requires circumcision, and the, and the strong person uh, doesn't need it. Because of... Because they, they have trust. The, yeah, they, they can, can trust in the, God. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, you want to read next? And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. But I have written very boldly to you on some points, so as to remind you again, because of the grace that was given me from God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles ministering as a priest the gospel of God that my offering of the Gentiles might become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout, as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Um, why don't you read through 21? And thus, I aspire to preach the gospel, not where Christ was already named, that I might not build upon another man's foundation, but, as it is written, they who had no news of him shall see, and they who have not heard shall understand. He's just trying Paul, to expand. Yeah, he is. Open up our minds and hearts. And, and I, I have sometimes felt like Paul. Um, I have been a lonely voice speaking the views of God that I have in almost everywhere I've gone. And then Mark and Wendy came, <laughs> and you and Dave came, and I suddenly wasn't the only one. And that was a really amazing thing to me. Hmm. It took me a year to get used to the fact that I wasn't the only one anymore. And, of course, Jonathan came, and and, um, and I think Paul was the temperament that needed to work alone. Hmm. Well, he obviously had the, the fortitude. Yes, 
He did. Because and that he, takes he a, had the boldness. Yes. Um, and he says, In Christ Jesus, then I have reason to boast of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, to win obedience from the Gentiles by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. So he's talking here about how how much he wanted the Gentiles to know the truth and to be one. Uh, and his his ultimate goal is obedience, interestingly enough. We always think of his ultimate goal as faith and through grace. But this he, he establishes obedience. What do you mean? Obedience to I think obedience to the law, but he sees the law as the law of love. Uh, just a review, um, chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. Oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up by this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Right there. Yeah. yeah. That's what he's wanting. And that's why this whole emphasis in these last few chapters is about how we apply the gospel. The gospel is about God's love, and we become loving to other people. This is the reason that I have come so often, that I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, in other words, he's so busy working with the mm-hmm, Gentiles. Mm-hmm. But now, with no further place for me in these regions, I desire, as I have for many years, to come to you when I go to Spain. For I do hope to see you on my journey and be sent on by you. Once, in other words, he wants to go on to Spain or to Rome. Oh, well, no, whenever he's, I go he's to writing Spain. to Romans. He's writing to the Romans. <clears throat> So he's he's wanting to go to Rome first and then have them send him on to Spain. Mm -hmm. Once I have enjoyed your company for a little while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem in a ministry to the saints. For Macedonia and Acacia have been pleased to share their resources with the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. And this is where he gets in trouble. Mm -hmm. As far as the money and stuff? Um, No. Uh, The money puts him in good favor. But as far as placating the brethren uh, and then getting captured and... Right, right, right. But... The whole thing of doing something in the, or bring, anyways, yes, I, I remember. He brings that. the money, and they, they yeah. welcome that. They, well, the right. Gentiles are supporting the mother church, right, right. and we're the mother church, you know. Right. But then they're upset. But they're upset because of He's his not going to the circumcising the Gentiles. He's not circumcising them. Yeah. That's so silly when you think about it. So um, they were pleased to do this, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles had come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought to also be of service to them in material things. So when I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will set out by the way of you to Spain, and I will know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in earnest prayer to God on my behalf so that I may be rescued from my unbelievers in Judea, from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my ministry to Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in all company. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. So he never made it to Spain. We don't know. There are some who think he did. He went into the house imprisonment, didn't he? 
He went sure, for house yeah, imprisonment yeah. for two years, and there are some that think he got actually liberated for a few years, mm-hmm. and that he went to Spain during that time. But that's conjecture. I was going to say, he didn't write any letters during that time, no. if that's true, right? No. Yeah. No, and I wouldn't think he would go to Spain alone. I'm sure Luke or somebody was with him. Mm-hmm. And so if his letters would have gotten out. But here, here's his wistful longing for the saints to accept him and his ministry, and it doesn't happen. As we find out from How Max. long has he been gone from Jerusalem doing the, the work? A number of years. I don't remember how many. How interesting or ironic or whatever you want to call it that Paul, coming back to Jerusalem, the very place that he wanted to, that he persecuted everybody, he, persecuted that he is getting persecuted yeah. by by those who were probably originally his supporters. It's really interesting. And Paul always is so gracious um, that I may come to you with joy and be refreshed by your company. Mm-hmm. He's always sticking to build up the other, honoring one another, preferring one another. Um, as he says... Um, and all this at the end is just greeting everybody, huh? Right. This last chapter, Greek. So, uh, let me read it just quickly. Uh, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church at Chentre, Chentre, I have no idea how to pronounce that, so that you may welcome her in the Lord as fitting for the saints. It actually could be translated minister instead of deacon. Hmm. And uh, so I see. So, for she has been a benefactor of many and myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, who work with me in Christ Jesus, and who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentile. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epinetus, who was the first convert in Asia for Christ. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard among you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my relatives who are in prison with me. They are prominent among the disciples, among the apostles. And they were with, were in Christ before I was. Now, all these people, are they Gentile people? I think so. That, that he has met along the yeah, way. He calls Adronicus and Junia my relatives, but the word actually means compatriots. And I don't think he means relatives. It's unlikely that he had relatives with Roman names. So he's asking... But are these people that are, he's saying, oh, say hi to this person, that's all these people are in Rome? Even though I think this so. guy was from Asia? Yeah, I think so. I think they had ended up at Rome. And do you think that these people are accepted? Because they're Gentiles, right? Yeah. They're accepted by the church? The Roman church apparently is fairly, gen- well, it's both Jewish and Gentile, but apparently there has been come a, a, an agreement, at least a, uneasy peace mm. between them. So it's not as And th- as that's why Paul is writing the way he does. He's very bold, very upfront about this is the way things are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so greet Andronicus and Junia, my, my compatriots who were in prison with me. They are prominent among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Note that they, Junia is an apostle. There's a long backstory about Junia. Hmm. And by apostle, they used to write her name. They translators. Oh, that's a lady's name. Yes, the translators used to write it Junius, and make it masculine. 
Really? Because they would not conceive of a woman being an apostle. And by apostle, what, what was that meant? Well, apostle means one sent, but apostle is the highest, not hierarchically speaking, but in terms of prominence and in terms of spirituality, it's the highest order of gifts. The, the 12 disciples were apostles. Um, so they call other people apostles. So also. certain people, yeah. Okay. There's a certain, I don't want to say status, there's a certain... Um, Acknowledgement of their spirituality. Acknowledgement of their spirituality okay. with apostle. There's a leadership issue there. That's pretty awesome. So Junia is an apostle. It took a long time for scholars to be willing to recognize to this is a feminine form. Yeah, I see that on the side here. It says feminine. I greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Abronus, Abanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachus. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my relatives, Herodian. Greet those in the Lord. Greet my relative, Herodian, probably compatriot. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Trephania and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. Greet his mother, a mother to me also. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobus, Hermas, <laughs> different spelling, and the brothers and sisters who are with them. Greet Philologus, uh, Julia, another mm-hmm. fe- female name, Nereus and his sister, Olympus. and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to keep an eye on those who cause dissensions and offenses in opposition to the teaching that you have learned. Avoid them. For such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the simple-minded. For while your, your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, I want to be wise in what is good. I want you to be wise in what is good and guileless in what is evil. The God of peace will shortly crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, greets you. So does Lucius. To Jason and Sosipater, my relatives uh, or compatriots. I, Churchius, the writer of this letter, greet you in the Lord. Now we hear from the scribe. Mm-hmm. Gaius, who is a host to me and to the whole church, greet you, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Quartus, greet you. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel, and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. This is again his goal. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. It's very personal. It is. And I think I think here you capture kind of the air of humility that Paul must have carried. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he wore airs, and the fact that he wore airs, then he he had this kind of I'm really special, I'm important oh, oh, kind oh, oh, of oh, atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The truth is that he wants he wants to have everyone put be together, and he wants a genuine 
kind of love. Because this, this idea, you know, he wants simplicity. He wants to have unity. Mm-hmm. He wants to have love and forbearance. He wants to have them honor one another, preferring one another, building one mm-hmm. another up. And he doesn't want them to be disingenuous and, and, you know, hold something against someone but speak to them words of flattery and smooth things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he hates that disingenuousness. And, and honestly, when you know that somebody has something against what you believe and and they try to make over you and, and make you feel like you're really loved and you know that they don't feel that way inside, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't have a good feeling at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just exacerbates the problem. Mm-hmm. It's a constant work, I think, to like just remind ourselves and to ask God and like just looking up, having the perspective of who God is. And not getting so that hurt me, or just so mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. in my ego, or you know, just this whole thing of mm-hmm. oh, but what did that do to me? Or that's that's like a constant work to remind ourselves to be super intentional about it. Because the, if we live unintentionally, we automatically do that, right? We yeah. automatically will. Like it's all about me. Right. But then it's like, wait a minute, step back. It's like, what really matters? It's like the relationship. What really matters first and foremost is is Christ and his picture of the Father. What matters secondly is the other. Yeah. And then we matter. Yeah. One way I have found to help get me out of that is to recognize that God loves me and then to recognize to, you know, to really bask in the fact that he loves me, mm-hmm. and then to recognize he loves the other, just yes, like he, yeah, yeah, just like he loves me, yeah. Um, and and then I can love them too. Right, that's true. So I'm going to send out. I'm going to try to track down this. We won't be meeting here in this next week. I'm teaching the choir room Sabbath school on alumni weekend. I'm going to try to tra- between now and the next time we meet. I'm going to try to track down. Um, and we may just spend the whole time reading the first lesson. Spend the whole time reading Corinthians in the order in which Goodspeed decided oh, okay. was done. Because it's a very diff- powerful reading. It's a very different oh, reading. Oh, reading it like the, not the way it's written. Not the way it's written. Oh, okay. but not the way it's organized, but the way yeah. Goodspeed reformatted it. It's very possible that the letter fell into fragments and they didn't know how to piece it together. And it probably came to them in a a certain order that was just kind of put together. And and Books were sacred in the ancient times and particularly inspired books, so you didn't want to change anything Mm -hmm. lest you be guilty of of the curse of revelation and the curse on anyone who adds or Mm -hmm. subtracts from this book. All right, let's have prayer. Gracious Father, we ask for the humility of Paul and even more the humility of Jesus to be able to love those who hurt us, to love those who in some ways seem to destroy peace. We pray that 
we will not only love and forgive them, but we will have continually the attitude of humility, that we will treat them the way you would treat them if you were walking among us as you did on earth. Bless us and guide us to this end, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.